Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 96, volume 96, week 96, number fucking 96. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Louis from Brutality Will Prevail and that will be coming up later in the show. So let's kick the show off with our album of the week and our single of the week. Album of the week comes from Cattle Decapitation and album number seven from theirs titled Death Atlas, out now on Metal Blade Records. These guys have been going since 1996 and as I said, this is album number seven. They are the legends of the brutal grind death metal. This album sees the band staying heavy as fuck, but there is a slight bit of evolution, which is great to see this band do. They're a band that know what they do well, but they're willing to push the boundaries. Outstanding stuff, brutal as fuck. Get into this if you like your heavy as balls stuff. As I said, the album's called Death Atlas. It's by Cattle Decapitation. It's out now. Single of the week comes from the Scottish metalcore boys, Bleed From Within. The song is titled The End of All We Know. It's out now through Century Media Records. Now, the band released this, and they also announced there will be an album coming out next year, which, oh, give it to me, guys. So excited. Their previous album, Era, was without a doubt probably my favorite album of last year in this genre. Really excited to see what they're going to do next. This track is blistering, heavy, very big grooves in it. And, you know, if you know Bleed From Within, it's got that core sound, but it's got a Lamb of God thrashy sound as well. Really good track. Make sure you check that out this week. As I said, the song is called The End of All We Know, and it's by Bleed From Within. While you're checking out that track, if you haven't already, we also had the vocalist Scott on the show. He appeared on episode 38. So if you've got some time this week and you haven't heard that chat yet, make sure you dive into the catalogue and check that out as well. Next up is the feedback, questions, reviews, all of that that's been going on this week. And I've got to give a big shout out to Greg Thomas, who's been showing us some love through Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. He also gave us a rating and review on our Facebook page. It gave us a 5 out of 5 and it said, Great listen while at work. Getting me into some new bands I've not heard of before. Very interesting. Love it. Thank you so much, Greg. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Thank you for taking time out to not only discover us, but also to give us a rating and review. Greg and I also chatted about a few things on and off through Facebook. Lovely to have you on board, dude, and stick with us for all of our future exciting shows. The only other thing we have to do at the start of the show is remind you guys, I know we remind you every week because we have to, unfortunately, we need some ratings and reviews. So if you have some time this week, get onto Facebook, give us a rating and review. If you use iTunes podcast, give us a rating and review. Doesn't take long. But when you do it, it is vital to the show growing and is really important for us getting out to more listeners. Also this week, give us a share. If you enjoyed this show, if you enjoyed a previous show, whatever it is, share it on your social medias. Tell your friends about it. Share, share, share. 
spread the word about the Mosh Zone. Enough of my ramblings, enough of the jibber-jabber, let's get into the part of the show we're all tuned into for. This week, I got to sit down with Louis from British Bruises Brutality Will Prevail. First thing I gotta say is thank you so much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Really excited to get him on the show. They're one of those bands that I think everyone should know about. They're a bit underrated, but they're very well appreciated in Europe and UK. It was a great conversation. In depth, we get to know about the man himself, the band, and everything along the way. That chat with Louis is coming up now. So, I usually start off with kind of the same question, which is, not necessarily a heavy band, but do you remember an artist or a musician that opened your world to music being kind of a thing? Uh... Well, I was like when I, when I grew up, my like my parents always had me listening to like Bruce Springsteen. Has always been like something that I, I grew up listening to. I have a Bruce Springsteen tattoo. Um, like shit like Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, stuff like that. So like I always was and a, a lot of sixties music, which I still love to be honest. Um, that. I don't know, like, I, I, it was always, like, a big thing for me, you know, like, in, and in, in high school, I, uh, I think it was, like, hybrid theory, that was, like, probably, like, the first, you know, like, I guess, like, more, like, recent band that was heavy that, you know, like, I, I got into, and then kind of, like, for, like, from that, I kind of gravitated to uh, a lot of punk it was like a time in my life where everything that I listened to was like Epitaph Records, <laughs> Fat Rec, you know, like all of those Punkorama comps, like that kind of shit. And uh, yeah, from that, I, I kind of like got into like, I guess it was later on that I kind of like got into like more like heavy, heavy shit, you know. So what about what about the heavier music like, you know, hybrid theory and the punk and that? What What drew you into you wanting to get into it was it something about the energy was it the outsider mentality what drew you in i don't know i always i for the longest time i always wanted to be in a band mm-hmm. uh even like being like a little kid i just just something that i always wanted um and definitely i think kind of like a outsider mentality definitely is is definitely in there like i'm a i'm a fucking mongrel dude <laughs> like if you uh if you, if you can't tell i don't sound welsh you know no like, it, it's uh, quite it's quite strange i was also gonna ask that the where, where's the combination of accents come from oh my my mom's from west country england mm-hmm. and my dad's from montreal canada and they mm. both met uh while they were working out in indonesia and got married out there so uh, I I moved around a lot as a little kid, and kind of I think from that, like I, I never really felt like I, especially when we came to the U when when I uh, I ended up going to like high school in the UK, and when when we fully like moved back to the UK, I don't think it ever really made me feel welcome that much as well mm. at, at that age especially like i remember as a kid all i wanted to do was just move back to canada <laughs> like move back to indonesia and 
um, I, yeah, I didn't really feel like I fit in. And the, I think even when I was into punk, when that was like everything for me, that I, I never really was aware of like any local scene or anything. And it wasn't until uh, one of my best friends, Sam, uh, took me to my first hardcore show in, in Canterbury where like I I was like, oh, there's like a community and it's like in my hometown. And not only that, like these are like me, you know, like mm. it, it, for the first time in like most of my childhood, I felt like I, I had like a home, you know. Well, see, I kind of I sympathize with that because I had the same kind of childhood because um, I traveled every two years. I moved to a different school and most of that was through the okay. UK um, and then Norway and stuff. And I understand that you feel isolated. You don't feel like you belong. But in that music, you kind of gravitate to feeling that um, it doesn't matter all of your issues and problems. You can belong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I. I... Also, like I, I, I think I have a personality where I kind of latch on to things. Like I, I'm not good at things that I don't want to be good at. Mm-hmm. If that makes, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. any any sense, like I, I will just become obsessed with certain things that I like, and that becomes like all encompassing for me. If you know what I mean. Yeah, if you're into it, you become really good at it because you're focused. Yeah. So what yeah, yeah. you mentioned from an early age, you wanted to be in a band. Um, why? What drew you to being in a ba- wanting to be in a band? What about it made you go? That's what I want. I don't know. I think I think like that's a, a really I, I I really don't know to be honest. Like I, it was just always a thing that like. The last place we lived in Indonesia, we didn't really have, like, a TV. We didn't have, like, what we, you know, like, a, a radio or anything. We had, like, a tape player. And in Indonesia, you have, like, everything is, on like, bootlegged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to find, like, an original of anything. But my, my, my parents have, like, a library of all these, like, bootlegged tapes uh, of music that they, they got uh, while they were out there. And we just, at, at night, we just, like they'd hang out with friends and, and drink beers. And I'd just be like, I'd just be like, as a, like a little kid, just be like singing to like what's playing like on the, on the tape, on the tape. And um, yeah, that's, I think that's just kind of ingrained in me. Like, I don't know. So with, when you, you, you know, how old were you when you transitioned um, to the UK? I mean, how old were you? And, um, how old were you when you also discovered the local scene that you also mentioned? Um, when we when we uh, moved back to the UK, uh, I can't remember really. It's kind of like real early on, um, and uh, I was about fifteen when I when I first discovered like hardcore and I started going to hardcore shows. It was quite funny, like me and. Um, uh my two best friends sam and josh who i'm still friends with now um they we we all went to well sam had been going to shows but they uh we all decided to be straight edge like at the same time and for some reason i was the one that was like resistant to it for for a while Mm. Uh, and and they both like 
stop being a strategist like uh probably like a few months later and like i'm <laughs> you know like i'm 30 and i'm still strategy you know so what and what I about was the one that was resistant to it you know what um what was the idea behind it at that young age i mean what what was at, there? at that age i yeah. was just you know, like we just listen to a throwdown record and be yeah. like, I want to do that, you know, <laughs> that kind of shit, <laughs> you know. And I mean, you're still, you're still there today. So was it something that's always been easy to stick with or has it been something that um, there's been moments where, you know, you've been tempted to break edge? Not really. Like I... I, I always say that uh, a, lot, a, a lot of people quote it because... Uh, a lot of people don't drink because they're straight edge. I'm straight edge because I don't drink. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, you know, like I, it's and I and I'm like I'm a I'm a really social person. Like I, I'll hang out with friends like who like I I'll hang out all the time with friends who are drunk or like I'll go out and 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 hang out and stuff. But it's it's just never something that, that filters through in my mind. Like I think I've been drunk once my entire life, and I was wow. like 14. You know. Wow. I mean, it's also something that, without jumping forward too much, it's um, it was a big part of Breaking Point as well. It was a big, yeah. Um, yeah. it was a big part of the band. Um, is it something that, you know, the older you've got, you don't want it to necessarily be a definition of your music and who you're deemed? And what I mean is, like, it is a tag, and a tag can mm. have its positives and it can have its negatives. So. Is it something? Oh, yeah. Is it something you're not worried about people um, knowing you as that? Like if they know you, they know you are, but it's not needed to be yeah. in their face. Yeah, it's, it's it's not necessary. It's just like I think I like it. Uh, I think people should do whatever works best for them. You know, for me, this lifestyle is the best sort of like I don't know best rep. You know, like is best as uh, as me you know like i'm you know like if if i was to be drinking um i wouldn't be truthfully being myself yeah if you know what i mean because it, it has like that has no interest for me yeah. but i'll happily just hang out with people who are you know like it, it, it in in like a situation where if i'm in a very often, if I'm going out, I'm the only person who isn't drinking, and uh, I don't know, it's not a not an issue. No. Um, what about you know going back to you know kind of the first few shows? What was your? Do you remember the first show you went to? Do you remember the lineup? Um, and then the second part of that question: What was it like for you that for someone who hadn't really been to one of those shows? What was it like getting into that scene the first time? Uh, first hardcore show, uh, was at the Canterbury Scout Hut. It was, um, oh fuck. Uh, I think a band called What, what Hope Remains, Bank on Innocent Blood. This is all like local Canterbury bands. Um, uh, the main band that headlined was On Thin Ice, who Ooh, they, yeah. Uh, yeah. they were like the Canterbury band mm. at the time. And I was like, you know, like it, it was at uh, a scout hut as well. So it's not like a, like an actual venue and, you know, like all the bands on like the same floor and stuff. And this is all like before that, like, you know, 
I'd been to like Brixton Academy to see Rancid, you know, like (laughs) those were the types of shows that I'd been to. So it was just like, oh shit, you know, like people, they're doing the the dance moves from the AFI music video and like, (laughs) you know, it's, it, and it had this sort of like, kind of like scary kind of like edge to it to my, I know my fucking like 15 year old brain, you know, (laughs) it was, uh, yeah. It was it, it it was really kind of like eye opening because uh, you know I'm just kind of like at first I'm like I have no clue what is going on here but this is amazing and I want it in my life you know. So what was your transition then during high school um, with picking up a microphone? Was it a, a simple transition or was it something that took a bit of time for you to want to pick up the microphone? Yeah, uh, at that point, I'd been playing guitar, um, which I don't anymore. I'm fucking, I, was, I wasn't very good at the time anyway. <laughs> um, if, I, if I stuck with it, I probably would be now, but, you know. Um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like I, I tried to start multiple bands, and uh, none of them ever really made it out of the practice room. So it, it, it got to a point where I started... Um, I just started booking shows uh, in in my hometown, and and um, and then uh, there was a band called Cold Snap um, that started, and they like the 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 singer Rome and like a bunch of the guys kind of took me like they were older than me and they kind of took me under their wing and were always just sort of like they were the first like coming out with them was the first time I'd be, I'd been to shows outside of like my County really, you know, like I traveled up to London for like a, one of the like big fests or whatever, but uh, to go see Tara, but that, that was like about it. I'd never really seen shows in other towns, you know, uh, until, and they, they were always like introducing me to new shit and introducing me to new people and stuff. And gradually I kind of like, I, I found, uh, Seiko, who, who who drummed in Breaking Point, and like I think it was like at a, at a Pulling Teeth show in Brighton, and he was uh, I was just like uh, I found out that his band had just broken up, and I was just like I want to start a band. Do you want are you down with it? And, and he was like, uh, Yeah, sure. And he's just like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> like didn't really know me too well. Um, and I was like, do you, do you have any, uh, is there anyone else in this? I was just like, I'll just find some people. And, and somehow I found some people and it somehow became a straight edge band as well. Um, wow. I mean, for, for, I mean, that's, that's determination to get something going, but I mean, how, how'd you go, you know, in the first few practices with screaming, were you literally just winging it and just screaming until you couldn't scream? straight wing in it. I, uh, I, ha- I, I think for most of breaking point, I had no clue how to do vocals, especially recording. I fucking hate recording vocals. Um, <laughs> still do. I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I give myself like, uh, the first time when we recorded the demo, I, I threw up twice and I gave myself like a major migraine and I just had to sort of like, push through it to get the demo done Fuck. Uh, but and that was like how it was for the first three or four <laughs> breaking point records but Shit. i got gradually better every time 
but the also the annoying thing was that like we'd play like some shows and then i'd started to like figure out like oh i feel like i'm getting better at vocals and then we wouldn't play any shows and then go and then go into recording so by the time i got into recording i'd lost it and it, it it hadn't occurred to me to like i don't know look at breathing exercises or you know like look at like actual like vocal lessons or anything like that. It's like, oh, I'll just figure it out, I guess, you know. So I mean, how do you how do you do with it now? Like, obviously now you've have you got a technique um, down? Have you got a you know warm ups? Yeah, well, when when I joined BLUP, like I think the year that I joined, I played like a hundred and six shows that year, and before I joined, I was like, right, I need to have my shit down if you know i if i'm gonna do this you know and my buddy sheep uh lent me the melissa cross dvd mm. the the zena screaming which helped um and he, he, even still like recording vocals was still like it's still tough like I, I i have maybe like two songs in me tops a day and then we have to like call it a day mm-hmm. but what was great with tim the producer um who produced the last two records is that at this point like he knows when my voice is starting to sound like a bit rough and he just was he'd just be like stop right there mm-hmm. you know we'll just instead of trying to like push it and push it we'll just like we'll stop recover and then we'll come back to it again you have, you, have you ever lost your voice while on tour or after playing a couple shows once but that was me being stupid oh what'd you do uh uh we were well we played a show uh, we were on tour with no turning back and cruel hand and we played a show in i think it was zurich in switzerland and it was february and the venue was right next to the river which is right you know we're right by the mountains it's all just melted snow coming from the mountains and both me and my pet, our drummer, just jumped in, jumped off of the bridge into the, and like we ran straight into the, the the venue and like had a like hot shower like straight away. But the next day, I did like lose my voice, like and uh, and uh, somehow I managed to do the show Fuck. that the the next show. But um, yeah, I just did not talk. I try. I think I I, I did vocal warm ups for like two hours before we played you know like i was seriously stressing out and then like when it came to like us sound checking i was like oh i can i can speak now so fuck it was it was a bit it was a bit rough but yeah now i, I managed to pull it out the bag before we get into some breaking point stuff i just want to go back and ask one or two other questions about growing up and one was um how was your family like your mum and dad with you know your decisions with music being what you wanted to pursue, were they supportive or were they kind of saying, you know, Lewis, you need to really, you need to have a think here, man. I think I've been really fortunate in the fact that my parents have been supportive with every stupid, uh, thing that I've been into. That's, that's, that's rare too. Yeah. You know, it's, Awesome. In fact, I like, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm so majorly appreciative because I don't know when I, I guess when I was younger, I didn't really like, 
I wasn't really aware of it so much. And mm. then, I, like, even with, like, tattooing, like, my mom is in her 60s. She's never had a tattoo before, and she wants me to tattoo her. Hey. Which is, and it's, it's a, it took me a little while to get my head around that as a bit, you know, but yeah, if anyone's going to do it, I'll do it. I'm going to be the one who's do it, who does it. You oh, know? I love that. Love that. Um, so breaking point, as you said, it kind of forms through, you know, you kind of just by chance forming it, you know, really. Yeah. Um, and what was what was the goals at the start because did you feel like that band could really do something because you mentioned that the previous ones didn't really make it out of the practice space so going into breaking point did you feel like there was something there that was a bit different that could make an impact um i i honestly wasn't even thinking about that i was just like i get to play my first show like actually playing my first show you know like before then i had done like you know i did like a guest vocal or or like i grabbed the mic or something but i never actually played a show or played my own song or even written my own songs at that point so like uh breaking point kind of just ticked off like a first so many firsts for me because like you know like me and roman booked our first show and then yes and then like it was like I don't know, I, I, my first time playing in London and then my first time playing in Manchester, you know, like, uh, and then, you know, we get to do all these, uh, you know, I get, I get to play with terror and then, you know, like uh, the, these sort of things that are like first for me all kind of like manifested from breaking point, I guess. So many yeah. like friends from that as well. Well, breaking point was quite interesting because um, whether people listening know it or not, Made quite a made quite an impact on the English scene. Um, you guys, did you set out to be a straight edge band, or was that just by chance? Because you guys were known as like England's straight edge hardcore band, like the one in mm. England. Like I knew there were probably were others, but you were the the top of the pile kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it. I I think it it ended up becoming a straight edge band kind of accidentally and then when when at least three of four of the members ended up being straight edge be like okay we it has to be like this has to be one now um and we we all kind of grew up like the break-in was another one of the local bands that uh was like the local band they were a straight edge band um and that i i grew up idolizing that band when i was a kid and I kind of that that left a really big influence on me. And, and like when we started, there wasn't really a whole the it felt like sort of in terms of like uh, straight edge bands, there wasn't a whole lot happening. Um, uh, at least doing the type of stuff that we wanted to do either. Um, but yeah, and then I just got to sing right ignorant strategy lyrics so (laughs) (laughs) how was it how was it accepted at the time like how was the english scene because memory serves me around that time um which is around 2008 
you know, the band went from 2008 to 2014. Um, a lot of those years, I think the English scene was in a bit of a low point. I think there wasn't a lot of, you know, as you said, bands kind of circulating, circulating around, definitely not straight edge. But um, did you guys find that you kind of were instantly, you know, taken by fans or was it something that was a slow build for you? It, I think it was kind of an instant. I think it may have been like a right place, right time thing. I think we also had like friends like Cold Snap, uh, Dead Swans uh, that had, you know, like followings hyping us as well. So like it was I, I, I remember when we, you know, first like put tracks up on at the time. Oh, yeah, it was fucking MySpace at the time. Mm. Um and, and, and like I remember that evening, just having like it must have. I think it was oh, fuck. I can't remember how it is. Like over a thousand plays, and that just had completely blew my mind. Of like I didn't know anyone would be like paying attention at least yet, you know. And, and it 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 was one of those things for like a good few years that like there was no. We never had a show where nobody was marching. I think we also were like uh, specific, like we never really played loads and loads of shows all the time. We also just were really selective of what we would play, which I think also helped. What was the reason for being selective? Because um, was that an intentional thing or is that just so, you know, how it happened? Yeah, uh, it was a case of the guys were like super busy and, you know, like most of the guys were, older than me as well um like seiko now has a a good job and you know that takes up a lot of his time fisher had basement and was also teaching english um uh, yeah and we i mean like we always had like fill-ins as well Mm. we had about 14 fill-ins it was like a like a, a lucky draw, which lineup you'd you'd get at a show. <laughs> the the thing with Breaking Point was that, you know, the message, as you said, was really to the point. Um, but it felt like the momentum kept growing. You know, there was a lot of look at my notes here. You know, you had the demo, the self titled, then you had Judgment, then you had Life Sentence uh, before you went into the full length. And it felt like with every release, you guys were. Um, putting your stamp on the scene more and more, you were playing bigger shows, bigger support mm. slots, uh, bigger tours. Um, when you come into around 2012, around Life Sentence, you also, around this time, join Brutality, you know, as you're now in permanently. Um, were you nervous at the time joining Brutality about doing it like was there any second guessing in your head that look you're in your baby band you know because it is your baby breaking mm. point um, yeah you know were you nervous about switching up and at that time doing dual duties um a little bit like we were never gonna really like breaking point was never gonna tour loads and i always wanted to like I want to go have adventures, you know, like I want to go and like go to other countries and stuff. And we did like a little bit of that, but we were, you know, cause everyone was so busy. We never really, uh, we were never really going to do a lot of that. 
And like I've I've filled in for BWP. I actually got asked to fill in for BWP first because uh, they were on a, a, a UK territory and um, they needed someone to fill in for like uh, like four or five of the shows on that tour. So I got the call to come in. I, I came for the whole thing. But uh, yeah, and then like I, I ended up gelling really well with the the guys and they asked me to join and when, when i spoke to like the guys in breaking point they were like dude just fucking do it mm. you know because brutality yeah. were were quite um were also a band at that point like breaking point they were a name within the english and european scene so it wasn't like you oh, were yeah. you were weren't taking a step down you were taking a, a another step forward um yeah yeah, sure. Was there any nervousness filling getting filling in at first for a band of that level? Yeah, I think a lot of it was, you know, just not wanting to fuck up. <laughs> you know, just, just trying to like, you know, trying to memorize like an, an entire set of somebody else's lyrics is uh you know, can be quite is 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 a, a bit of a task. And yeah, it it, it, there was a little bit of nervousness, but also just sort of like, I don't know, I'm just going to be me. Mm. I'm just going to be me and have fun, you know? Now, you kind of, you took over the full reins, I think, in 2013. Um, yeah. Now, what happened, What you know, is there anything you can say, give an insight into what happened? Because I remember at the time the band said, you know, thank you to AJ you know, he's stepping away because of stuff. And then he comes out and he does this whole, like, no, no, they're a bunch of cunts kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, without getting too personal or too negative, what what really happened? What really occurred at the time? Um, I don't know. Guys fell out, grew apart. You know, when I, when I got announced, um, when that whole internet shit storm happened mm. uh you know i i called him up and just be like are we okay <laughs> you know like are we are we cool do we have beef now like what is this i was like no nah, man we're cool and i mean like i don't know man like it, it seemed it seemed uh, like an un- shit about drama, you know yeah and that's the problem it seemed like an unnecessary shit storm um now with Breaking point, you were still active. Things were still happening. You know, you're playing occasional shows. Mm-hmm. You guys put out an absolute barnstormer, what would be the last release and the full length set to burn. Um, what was that like for the band? Because it seemed like that album came out and then it kind of stopped. Because um, that release, anyone listening, you you need to go to, I think it's on Bandcamp, definitely on Bandcamp, Get onto that release because yeah, that, Spotify too. yeah, at that that release, it's yeah, sexy as fuck. So, yeah, thank you, what was going on at Breaking Point? You get that album out, all that process of doing an album because you seem like a band that wouldn't put out an album. You put it out, and then kind of it just slowly faded into the distance. Yeah. Um... We did like a little bit after it. Actually, it's it's funny because I like I I I went away for three months with BWP, and then we recorded an album. And this is my first time recording an album, and I'm I'm fucking 
uh, you know, like I am spent with writing lyrics <laughs> at this, you know, like I, I have reached my, uh, my, my, my peak at that point of what I was able to sort of like pull out of my ass and, uh, Seika called me up and they've been, we've been threatening to do an LP for ages, but it was just like a joke. And, and, and it was just like, we, we've written an album. <laughs> And like, I, I was like, fuck you, you haven't. Like, I did not believe him until he sent me the songs. I was like, oh, shit, we actually have an album, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I had a, a lot of help with, um, with, with lyrics for, for, for that one. Like, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, and, then, and then after we, we did like some stuff. Like we did like a UK tour with Madball. Um, we did a, a a bunch of shows, but like um, at that point, things were like Beetle EP was getting busier and busier, and the other guys went had like their own things that they wanted to do, you know, like um, yeah, and it just gradually kind of ended to that point like yeah i think it's time to call it and you, you, know? you guys did um i remember there was quite a big kind of farewell tour as well um for breaking point um did that feel a bit bittersweet for you i mean i know you had brutality you know going at the time but this is breaking point was like your baby it was the band that kind of by chance you started did it feel bittersweet saying goodbye to it all yeah, it did. It was it was very surreal because that was my first band. It was my baby, and yeah, saying bye to it was very like surreal for me. Now, has there ever been a you point, know? you know, recently? Maybe it's probably been. I mean, really, what? That's only five years ago. But has there ever been a mm-hmm. point where people have said, "What about a one-off show? What about a?" one-off reunion is that any offers like that been coming your guys ways by chance uh we, we've had offers here and there um the only time we we played like three songs we did like a surprise set did three songs at um uh the last carry the weight fest when they uh when that label was because they you know they were they were our friends and pat was in the band and you know they they, they put out our shit so we we as like a farewell thing, you know, like we we surprise that and play three songs, but um, I don't know, you know, never say never, but uh, yeah. <laughs> now let's kick into some brutality will prevail stuff. Um, so you've joined the band, and the first real release you were on mm-hmm. was suspension. Yeah. Um. The first thing for me, if you know, when people listen to both bands, um, is quite it's quite stylistically different. There, there, are, there is some similarities. Um, what was it like for you going into a band that um, I don't want to say is heavier, but it is heavier. It's a real strange thing. A lot more, um, a, a lot different in the style. You know, you, it, brutality isn't a straight edge band. What's it like for you going in and laying down lyrics on your first release for Brutality? It was it was interesting. Like I uh, lyrics was fun, even though like I'd never had to 
come out with that many words before, you know, since my fucking dissertation. So, I, you know, it was that that was weird. So, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to like also trying to like figure out like a different way of doing vocals that's like, you know, that could be like different to Breaking Point. And, and also, it's the, my first time ever working with a, a producer before. And at the time, like, it was kind of like, it, it, a, a, a lot of that process was kind of like, okay, I want you to do this. And then I want you to do this line like this. And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess, you know. And we, we, we kind of go back and forth over it and stuff. But yeah, it was a, it was a, a, a very like intense process because we did it all in a week in the studio and we stayed in the studio so you'd have like drums getting uh drums and guitar getting recorded downstairs and then it gets sent upstairs and then i'd be like doing vocals on those songs while they're they're like recording the next couple songs and yeah it was it was really intense how was that album how was that album received uh it was okay i i'm personally i'm not hap- that happy with it okay. um just I, I i i don't know you feel like it could be just a little feel, bit better i feel like i could have been way better on that okay that record and yeah i feel like i could have done a lot better um but you know, it's like growing pains. You know, like mm. every you you learn from every record you do. You know, I learned a lot from doing it, and uh, you know that's what made uh, the next two records. You know, yeah. I mean, was it was it also well received by fans? Because you know, you're now the vocalist, and this is what's mm. released. Were you backed? Like, did people get behind it? Whether you liked it or not, or you felt 100% yeah. about it, what was it like from the fan base? Yeah, it seemed okay. It wasn't, like, amazing. It was like, ah, you know, it's all right. Live, yeah, um, you know, I was going down, you know, I had, you know, I was having, like, great responses live. Um, but, yeah, on, on, on that record, I, f- I feel for me, like, it was... What makes it so different is that the formula that makes BWP wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the formula is Nick and Mophead. The, those two wrote Root of All Evil. Um, you know they they they've written all of the all of the albums from then on, uh, apart from Suspension, because. Mop had to leave because he had carpal tunnel, mm-hmm. um, which he, he got surgery and he's he's fine now. But at the time he had to he had to step away from the band. Um, so like the formula that made the band wasn't there. So that's why it I think it sounds so different from everything else. Yeah, it's a definitely it's one of those albums that you know. It feels transitional. Um, you know, mm. you listen into the next album in dark places and you go, This is what they were maybe trying to do on suspension. Yeah. 
um, you can see that, and that's that's part of, as you said, the growth of being a musician is you, you know, you're going to go through a period where you go for it, doesn't quite work, but the next yeah. thing in dark places hits the spot. It hit every yeah. right sweet spot. Um, you mentioned live shows. I wanted to, because you just mentioned it. You are well renowned for your fucking live shows. Um, where do you get all that fucking energy from? And also, do you ever go to a show and you go, oh, I don't know if I can do it today. I, don't, I just don't know if I have the energy, but then still pull it out. Yeah, that happens all the time where I like, even that I just, right before we play, I'm, I'll, I'll feel like, I am so tired right now. Or I, I don't feel like I could get up from this chair. And then somehow you just have to switch it on. And- you know, I like I love um, watching bands that look like that they're having fun mm-hmm. on stage. And especially when you when you're doing like heavy music as well, it's cathartic. Like you, you, you know, it's supposed to be cathartic. It's supposed to be this like energy, like blast like this release and i don't know there's there, there's always been bands that i don't, I kind of pride myself like i feel like when we're on like our a game there's uh not a whole lot of bands that could like hmm. uh out do, do us like when it comes to like live sets and then i'll see you like a band like trash talk or like every time i die who just crush it and that like those seeing those guys play live of like exact like what i take you know in inspiration in in a way is just like they show up you know like when it's when it's time to show up you show up well that's the thing i mean you're you're also um when you're playing a show especially um if you're on a festival or a big bill there is going to be 50% that know you, 50% that don't. There's also going to be the people that know you but have never seen you live. And you're you're making sure that whether they like the music or not, they're going to go to themselves, these guys give a shit, they put on a show. And then what that means is the next time you release a single a music video next tour, they might go, you know what, Brutality put on a fucking show. I might, I'm going yeah. to check it out. Um, yeah. And it's essential. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. And like also like I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> so like part part of it for me is if you don't know who we are, you fucking do now. You know? <laughs> uh that and also I want it you could be one of my favorite bands playing after us, but I want you to be like fuck after going after that. That is you know, that is like I want that, even yeah. if I idolize you. You know, like Bruce Springsteen could be playing after us, and I want I want him to be like fuck. But even though that wouldn't happen, you know, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, it is. It's important because um, you respect everyone on the lineup, or you respect everyone on the bill. But you need to set the bar so it makes everyone bring their A game. You know, you want your A game pushes the next one up and so on and so forth. It's really, really important. And anyone that's seen you guys live or is soon going to see you guys live knows that. Um, You guys always seem to, and especially you with all your J 
jumping around and fucking fly kicks and fucking all that shit that goes on. Um, it's never a doubt with your A game. Um, you we you said about Breaking Point not being a heavily touring band without going too far mm. forward. Brutality, you guys also aren't a very big touring band. I mean, you play a lot of shows and you do runs mm-hmm. here and there. Is that another case of everyone's got a lot going on? Yeah, we we took a, a bit of a hiatus. I think like there was a, a period this right after suspension where we I think we played six shows in two years. Mm. And I think like at that point we were we got kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. Like we're at, you know, before then we were trying to play as much as we physically could, and I, it, it, we, we all kind of got a bit like burnt out on it. And also, for for me personally, I realized that like all the the enthusiasm and energy that I I I, I put into bands. I needed to direct that energy towards other aspects in my life as well, you know? Well, yeah, because you can't burn out. You don't want to burn out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where everybody has like their own shit going on. And we just, for us now, it's a thing where we just do things as it suits us. Yeah. And, and you can see now with, shows you do and the runs you do festivals you do um after that period because it did seem like you know, as you said six shows in like two years you went really quiet but now you're not really quiet you're just selective um you take that couple of years of kind of not much going on um where did you guys find the energy to kick back up and release in dark places uh it was a thing when nick and Muppet we're writing lyric, um, writing songs for a while. And we were thinking about like, it was like, we don't want to do any more shit until we have a new record, you know? And for me, I felt like I needed to make up for what I didn't like. You know, I had something, I felt like I had something to prove with that record. And that kind of, that kind of put us back on the map you know like we um also the the like the, the no turning back cruel hand tour that kind of kicked our ass in in gear again you know like they they took us out and that kind of got got us momentum again where we were just like oh shit yeah we you know this well, that- is this is fun you know well, I think the release also got the momentum going again because, as you said, suspension um, maybe wasn't a home run, but then in dark places, it kind of felt like everyone got behind. It, it seemed like you know, yeah. critics loved it, fans loved it. Um, clearly, you guys seem to love it. Um, that really feels like that has been a rebirth for the band um, since yeah. that point. Yeah, it was. What about going from that into Misery Sequence? Um, That, again, it seems like you guys have taken this new determination with writing, this new kind of development in your sound, and you've pushed it even further. What was it like going into that one um, that was released earlier this year? It was 
a really long process actually of, of, of writing that record. It was one of those things where we wanted everything to be right. And, you know, Nick and Mupp spent a lot of time like on that record. They, it, 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 you know, I'm, I'm sure Nick almost felt like he moved into that studio for a while. And also it's just cause like with, with, you know, with, with doing it around jobs and other things. So like, it, it wasn't like we could just be spend two months in a, a studio. It was sort of like a little bit here, a little bit there. And then, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, I think one of the, the biggest takeaways that I learned from that record is that before then I always had songs that I, uh, every record I, I did, there was songs that I was really stoked on, you know, and you, I, I, you, uh, for me, you could definitely hear that with the songs that the, those songs, when you listen to them, you could tell that the, the, the lyrics and stuff and, and, and how it's written is done like, because I'm super stoked on it, and then there would be other songs where I was just like, "Yeah, it's, it, it's cool." I'm kind, of, I'm trying to like do my best, but it, they aren't those songs, you know. Where whereas like with Misery Sequence, there was there were so, songs where, you know, they weren't they weren't the ones that I was immediately drawn to, but because I kept coming back to them, and we we kept rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. Uh, I the songs that I wasn't so stoked on became songs that I, I was stoked on, and it was because it, uh, what I learned from it was that you the difference between a good song and a bad song that you've written in your own head could just be the amount of time that you've worked on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, it, it you know, yeah. the amount of time and the amount of care kind of given towards it. You know, if you really care about yeah. it and you're determined to make it into a song you love, then it will turn into a song you love. Um, yeah, yeah there is... exactly. Like if you 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 eventually, yeah, it, you make it into something good. You know, yeah. Whereas it's sort of like, yeah, that'll do. You you keep working it on it until it's something that is good with, with, um, with that album and, you know, the last couple with brutality from an Australian looking in, it looks like you guys are always one of those bands that are on the cusp of really being, um, what's the word appreciated and, you know, loved. And it always feels like you're just on the underdog kind of level. You know, you're one of those Mm. bands that, really i'm surprised isn't bigger than it is um what why why is that why haven't you guys you know if you were in australia i think you guys would be fucking if you're an australian band you'd be huge by now i mean i don't know whether that's just the size of our pond or not but why haven't you guys been kind of fully loved by the entire british heavy scene uh i don't know i think yeah, I'm. 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 I'm not really one. sure. I get. I, I, yeah, it is a strange one. I get what you mean. Uh, I. I feel like part of it has to do with the the amount of 
time and effort that we can put into like really push it you know compared to some other bands um yeah i don't know it's just one of those things for us it's like it's just a platform for us to visit as many countries as we can and you know take off as many things off of the the bucket list as we can with it you know was Misery Sequence, I know it's, it's only been a couple of months really since it came out mm. and you're about to go and do your um, release shows coming up, I think next week or week after. Um, how's that been taken? Yes, how's that been taken for you guys? Has it been really, has it been well received by the fans like In Dark Places was? It's really surprising that I haven't seen anything bad about it that's good you know it, it that that that's mind-blowing because you can't do anything this is just anybody doing anything creative you can't put out music without somebody talking shit about it hmm. it's just how it is you know how how you let that affects you is different you know but yeah is it's been absolutely strange that i haven't heard anybody or seen anybody like not liking it and i mean i i don't pay too close attention to like reviews or anything like that but yeah it's it, it, it's it's been really strange I'm, I'm i'm stoked on it you know but uh yeah it, it's, it's cool yeah like you said it is a bit weird i mean with the landscape of social media and you know, blogs and everything, um, that, that's, you know, that's, a, you got to spin that in a positive way. That's a positive, you know, you know, if they're yeah. not, if they're not, yeah, exactly. sh- if they're not shit canning you, then Hey, run with it. Um, what about the, what you guys deliver sound wise? You're a band that I feel, uh, saying you're a hardcore band, I, I feel is not giving enough justice to it. I feel like you're just a heavy <clears throat> band. Um, if someone said to you, describe brutality um, with a genre tag, what would you say mm-hmm. it is? Uh, hmm. I would say that it's really heavy, uh, really heavy, like down-tuned, metallic-influenced hardcore with atmospheric and melodic elements to it yeah and doom elements to it fuck you know like I, 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 <laughs> it's difficult man like it this is this is one of those things i feel like if you you have to take influences from music outside of the music that you play if you don't then you're just gonna be a carbon copy of the bands that you like you know, you, you have to, you know, like Nick loves um, Pink Floyd is one of his favorite bands. You know, that's a that's a influence. He they're like they love like, we all love like a lot of 80s music. So like a, a big influence for us. And, you know, like, it, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like. You know, I mean, I I feel like Code Orange is a, another example of a band that's kind of like that because they they you, you could call them a hardcore band, but they touch on like a whole bunch of different genres. 
and still are like a band that you could mosh to. Well, that's you know? a, that's exactly what you meant. Like every all those little things that you mentioned about the sound, like the metallic, the doom. Um, you know, there is the big breakdown, beatdown moments. Is kind of one of the you. You guys are one of those bands that you can within a song touch five, six or so different styles, um, and I think that creates something unique for the listener. Um, yeah. Going into the next year or so. What are the band's plans for, you know, ahead? Is it going to be a bit more touring or is it going to keep being selective? I mean, what what are your guys' plans going into next year? Uh, I think it's going to be a bit more selective. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We've got a couple of things like, in the works at the moment that can't really be announced. But, mm. yeah, we just take things as it comes, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're pretty chill about the whole thing you know one of the, like we need to be on every tour now you know <laughs> it's it's like I, I i feel like the more chill we are with it the more that we enjoy it mm-hmm. now um one last kind of thing i want to talk about before we look to wrap things up is tattooing now that is uh-huh. a bit of your game nowadays anyone that knows you knows it's part of your game um yeah how did you start and why did you start um so yeah it goes back to what i said of i i realized that i had to put like that passion and energy that i i i had into music into other aspects of my life i i was i've never in almost all the drugs that I've, I've I've ever had and I kind of I like tattooing was something that I always thought like I oh I'd, I'd love to do that like I always used to draw all the time and then I kind of went through a period where where uh stopped and it was one of those things like oh I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that but I'm not talented enough to do that or like I, I could I you know I could never do that and then I, I, when I lived in London, I used to live down the road from a shop. And the more I hung out there, the more I was like, huh, this is, this is a skill. Like, you can learn how to do this. So I, um, I bought myself a sketchbook. Not really like admitting to myself this is something that I want to do. But like I spent a whole evening drawing i didn't know what i was I, I didn't know how to fucking draw i was just like looking at things on tumblr and then like drawing them like i always say like when you're playing guitar you, nobody writes fucking stay away to heaven straight away you're like two songs and you you know like it's the it was the the, the same kind of principle where like um and eventually it kind of like solidified it self so i was just like no i want to hundred percent throw everything into this and uh uh yeah and then i i just started teaching myself how to draw and you know it's it's one of those things where like i want like i want to be able to put myself into a position where i don't have to ask anyone's permission to do anything you know like i am the captain of right here you know and 
yeah and it and and now like it's only you know that was like i think it's been like five years since i started teaching myself how to draw and it's just starting to pay off now <laughs> you know and um I'm, I'm really you know like it was rough <laughs> at first you know and now yeah and yeah, is I'm I'm really stoked on on where I am right now. Yeah, you see it on your Instagram, man. Like you can see, it's it's come a long way, man. It looks sick, and um, thank you. It's exciting, man. Like you you're clearly into it. You're clearly passionate about it, and like you said, when you're focused, um, the best comes out of it. So it looks great, and yeah. um, um, keep keep doing it, man. Like love it, love it, like sick. Thank you, man. I appreciate it i want to come back out to australia man like i fucking loved australia well you're always welcome man like we're always down for it and um anytime you're up in uh if you come to queensland which is where i am always welcome here hang out um now what we do to wrap things up is i do a final segment which is called pick Uh your poison what i do what i do here is it's just a little bit of fun um i give you two options you pick your favorite of the two. Okay? Some will be easy, some will be hard. Now, would you rather a pizza or a burger? Burger. Okay. Would you rather Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Mm, Indian takeaway. I don't really like Chinese takeaway that much. Not a, not a big fan of Chinese. Um, soft taco or hard taco? Soft taco. Smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? Crunchy. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I love coffee. Mayo or brown <laughs> sauce? Uh, uh, neither. Hot sauce all the way. Hot sauce. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cooking or dining out? See, I like cooking. Hey. I really like it. And my mom drilled that into me, like, you will be a good cook. But for, yeah. I, I, for, but for me, I, I, if I'm going to, I have to be cooking for other people to be motivated to actually make something decent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's mm-hmm. just me by myself, I'm just be like, ah, fuck it. I'll just make some ramen noodles or something, you know, like mm. it, uh, I, I need that added extra motivation. Um, do you want to see a movie at the cinema or on the couch at home? Cinema. Best um, place to watch a movie. Do you prefer the beach or the snow? Hmm. Beach. Um, are you a cat or a dog person? I like both, man. Hey, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like, I'm cool with both. I used to de- just be like all about dogs, and then my family got a cat. And now it's both. Smudge, smudge <laughs> has like worn down my defenses. I, I, I love smudge. <laughs> Um, Batman or Superman? Batman. Uh, Terminator or Predator? Terminator. James Bond or Jason Bourne? Hmm. Uh, I got, I'll still fuck Daniel Craig, James Bond. Okay. Uh, Rambo or Rocky? Rocky. Uh, Freddy or Jason? Hmm, Jason. Um, South Park or Simpsons? I think we'll go for Simpsons. Now, a few music ones. Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. 
This one will probably be the hardest one because it would be for me too. Okay. Uh, terror or Madball? Hmm. I think I'll, I'll, I have to go for Terra purely for like they were one of the the earliest bands, like uh, first hardcore CDs that I bought. Nice. So for like for like personal like I know Madball big influence on them, but they're probably Terra were more like a personal influence to me. Um, Agnostic Front or Sick of It All? Agnostic Front. Metallica or Megadeth? Metallica. Um, football or rugby? Rugby. I was I was a rugby boy. Union or league? Uh, union. Okay. Uh, were you a forward or a back? You'd be a back, wouldn't you? I was a uh, I, I was a flanker, so I was a hey. Forward. Okay. Um, that means you got a bit of pace. Um, stage dives or mic grabs when you're playing? Stage dives. Uh, when you go to a show, do you want to watch it from the mosh pit or up the back? I want to find a way of standing side stage because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm an entitled bitch. <laughs> um, would you, I know this one, would you prefer to tour or record for the rest of your life? Tour. And Fuck the, recording. <laughs> and the last one, if you're going to be given your all-time favorite album, do you want it on CD, vinyl, or on your phone? Vinyl and on phone. Bang. Um, dude, thank you. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me on the show, man. I've, I really enjoyed this. All right, brother. I'll speak to you soon. Have a good rest of your night. Uh, and you, man. Take care. Later, brother. Yes!
Yeah. Uh-huh.
So that was my chat with Louis of Brutality Will Prevail. And at the end there, you heard the band's track Slither. And the second track was End of Me. Both of those are from the band's most recent album, Misery Sequence. And the other track you heard is their song Forever Restless, which is from their album In Dark Places. Now's the part of the show, the moment in the show, where I spark that little bit inside you to support and back the bands that have been on the show. So if you have some time this week and you enjoyed that conversation, you enjoyed the music at the end there, get online, stream, download, whatever you got to do, have a listen to that band's outstanding discography. If you're into physicals, get online, get onto their big cartel, their merch now, whatever it is, buy a CD, buy a vinyl, buy a t-shirt, buy a hoodie, help the guys out with some physical merchandise. And lastly, if you're living somewhere and you see Brutality Will Prevail playing near you, get out, grab a ticket, support the boys, get in that pit. Also got to take this moment to thank Louie again. Thank you so very, very much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Speak to you soon. Hopefully do a part two soon. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 96. Done, dusted, all wrapped up locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So, If you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.